Light a campfire and everyone's a storyteller. Join us for some thought-provoking and beyond fireside chats. On this podcast, I was joined by Jonathan Brock and Jack Alexander. We spoke in-depth about the rebuild and redesign of Ambion Grimetti, all the exciting new sustainability aspects, and some of the challenges one may encounter when building a lodge in the wilderness. Jack, Jono, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this afternoon. We're really excited to chat to you guys all about the Grimetti rebuild, the design aspects, and the sustainability aspects of the new Grimetti Serengeti River Lodge. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having us on. So, Jack, my first question is is for you. Can you describe the brief for the rebuild of Grimetti and where did you turn to for inspiration when you first received this assignment? Um, so I, I think there's there's a lot of different uh, inspirations for the lodge. Obviously, it was an existing uh, lodge. It's not a, a completely greenfield site and it, it, it is very much a rebuild, but a very, very extensive rebuild. We really have almost uh, or just about started again. And I think... Primarily, the key inspiration is the site itself. The the location in the Western Serengeti is truly unique. It's a very, very remote site. It's an incredibly beautiful place, and it's an incredibly wild place, actually. I didn't quite realize how, how wild it was until we first went out there. But our, our inspiration for the architecture really came from just standing on the site of the of the former lodge, looking out across the the river, standing in the shade of those trees, and really trying to yeah trying to to find a way of creating a or recreating that the, the beautiful aspects of the former lodge, um, whilst still sticking to the to the footprints of the of the previous buildings, but really playing to the to the strengths and the beauty of the site itself and that really remote wild location. And then when it came to the broader, sort of more metaphoric um, inspiration, we used the Maasai beaded necklace as a, a key driver for the, particularly for the main guest areas uh, of the lodge. And what we wanted to do was combine all the various aspects of a of a uh, authentic um, Western corridor guest experience in that main guest area and arrange them along that bow, that that curve. Um, that we've done at the at the main guest area. Well, it's lovely to get that that insight into into your inspiration. And you, um, Jono, Jack has mentioned that it was a a full, almost a full rebuild. And I was wondering, what is Ambion's policy regarding sustainability when it comes to rebuilds and to new lodge construction? Yeah, so rebuilds provide an opportunity to really maximise, you know, inputting the sustainability infrastructure. It's also sometimes a little bit cheaper um, to do it than to retrofit the sustainability infrastructure. And then also what, more importantly, what, um, what a rebuild allows for is that obviously we work with, with Jack and the design team to reduce our footprint as much as possible. So therefore, in other words, reduce our electricity consumption and our water consumption. Um, and, then, and that's exactly what we did on Grumetti, where we will be achieving about 80% uh, renewable energy. We are still in the process of finishing off our, our water saving initiative, um, but we will be also maximizing that soon, where we recycle all our grey water into for reuse at the lodge. 80% renewable energy, that's, that's really impressive uh, for a lodge out in, in the wilderness. 
how exactly are, are you achieving that 80% um, renewable energy usage? So when I, when I refer to the, lo- the energy, I, that's the energy that the lodge consumes. Obviously, we're not talking about um, game drive, you know, vehicles, fuel for vehicles. So we achieve it um, by firstly reducing our, our energy consumption, as I said, um, and then we've installed a, a solar system, um, an off-grid solar system, which comprises a, a, a photovoltaic component and a battery component. And those two components um, will provide, at, well, and hopefully a minimum of 80% of the electrical energy and the heating energy required for the lodge. And then they are backed up uh, by a diesel generator, um, which will supply the rest of the 20% in a worst-case scenario. And Jack, uh, now that we've heard a little bit about the, the sustainability elements that will be uh, in place at the new Grimetti, what are some of the challenges that one might encounter when trying to balance sustainability and luxury together? Well, I think... You know, for us, I don't think those ideas are inherently conflicted. Um, You know, maybe in in the past there were, but for us as designers and in today's today's market of luxury lodges, there isn't actually an inherent difference between creating uh, a sustainable lodge and creating a luxurious lodge. I I don't think it's a, a luxurious guest experience to visit a lodge or a remote um, extraordinary place like like the western corridor where grumetti is that isn't being cared for or that isn't being sustained so i think in those used to be very contradictory ideas maybe at, at, at one point but for us as designers we see luxury and sustainability as being um inherently connected I think, of course, it's a bit easier said than done when it comes to the budget. <laughs> the the biggest limitation we have is still, you know, the the costs involved with with things, particularly really sophisticated sustainability technologies. And you know, it's a it's a space in which things are very rapidly improving, as I'm sure Jono will will attest to. That there's there's always a a kind of better battery system or a newer water recycling system or something that's just arrived on the market in America. But, you know, we are, we are of course, constrained by, by the budgets in which we work. And I think, yeah, one of the, the challenges that we, we face is, is being able to integrate those or, or let's say, offset the, the expenses of some of those really sophisticated systems. But I think it's it's by working together with Jono and of course with and beyond where you know the role of sustainability is is really part of the company's DNA that we don't have to do any convincing. We know from the outset that uh, we want to create a luxurious sustainable lodge and that those two ideas are are tied together. Yeah, I really love your sentiment that that sustainability and sort of natural luxury are, are no longer, you know, opposites in, in this world. I mean, Jono, would you kind of agree with that? And would you say that you no longer have to make choices to sacrifice on luxury if you also need to be sustainable? And I mean, what kind of choices are you making to ensure that we get the best of both worlds in, in this kind of lodge? Yeah, no, exactly. So, um, as Jack said, so, you know, the, the new technology out there allows you to do so much more. And um, obviously, we, we ensure that we don't compromise the guest experience. But with, with like, as, as Jack said, you know, with the new products available, etc., it's just a question of what you can afford within the budget. 
And um, yeah, and in, in the case of Grumetti, we made it work. I mean, we're hitting 80% plus renewable energy and a significant reduction in water consumption without, without affecting the guest experience. Fantastic. And my next question is to you again, Jack. I wanted to ask about how the remote and rugged nature of destinations where you build might influence your choices around sustainability. You've mentioned um, that some technology may be readily available in other parts of the world, um, but how readily available is that technology to operate in these kinds of conditions and produce the sustainability results you're looking for? <laughs> um, thanks, Josh. I think these are good questions. These are and and first they they you know they're the difficult questions that we grapple with from the from the outset of these um, of these projects. Um, I, I think you know we have a responsibility to still craft beautiful, handmade, contextually relevant buildings, and and buildings that are handmade predominantly from natural materials are inherently sustainable and are inherently uh, renewable. Um, and I think that's something that guests will see and experience when they when they travel to the new Grumetti Lodge. I think, yeah, for us, the, the buildings and the construction materials are, are only considered sustainable if they are renewable, if they provide sufficient longevity, and if we can you know, justify their use in offsetting the cost of harvesting them or transporting them to site. And our challenge in, you know, these very remote large sites like, like Grumetti, which is an exceptionally remote, uh, remote place, yeah, is, is tied to the distances and to the logistics of getting those, those materials and technologies to site. I mean, the, the carbon footprint of shipping materials from North America or Europe or even you know South Africa has to be considered in justifying those materials and those technologies uh, in the design of the building. And again, that's why using local materials and local methods is is our starting point and definitely our, our preferred approach. There's some beautiful examples of of low tech buildings handcrafted contextual locally made buildings throughout Africa that don't incorporate any sophisticated technologies but are inherently sustainable because they're 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 made and remade um, almost on a on a seasonal basis so for us yeah it's a it's a combination of of the the fancy technologies the kind of latest sophisticated <laughs> solar or water recycling um systems but also working as much as possible with local materials with local building techniques and yeah i think it's it's important also to say that there's there's uh, economic sustainability in these projects and that by employing local artisans and local craftspeople and you know local construction company uh, to build the lodge that that has an economic sustainability in a broader sense um, not just you know what is the what is the lodge made out of itself? And uh, Jono, were there any specific elements relating to sustainability that you were looking to improve over on the old Grumetti Lodge? Yes. So the old Grumetti Lodge had no um, renewable component. It was energy inefficient um, and to a certain extent water inefficient too. So those were our main focal points, um, which we, I think we've achieved quite well now. 
Yeah, it certainly it certainly sounds like it. And, and Jack was mentioning earlier about um, sort of local procurement, local building companies in an extremely remote destination such as the Western Corridor. It, it can be really challenging to source these kinds of goods that we might use at a log like Grumetti. So, what was it like procuring these these goods locally? Um, and uh, how how does Ambion sort of plan to offset the impacts of of bringing in some of the some of the goods used to build the lodge. When designing a system like this, obviously the, uh, um, the first point to consider is when you select your equipment, um, A, where it comes from, but B, more importantly, is how is it maintained and who's going to maintain it. A lot of the specialist um, renewable equipment comes from Europe, so you have to make sure that, that you, can, you can maintain it. So we, we used the closest company that we could find for the solar installation and who's going to maintain our solar system installation is a company based in Nairobi, Kenya, um, which is not that far away. Um, and then the, the offsetting of, of the impact. So we are currently, as we speak, we are busy working on um, a project where we're going to offset all our direct um, carbon footprint. And then at a later stage, we will be setting up a process where we will be offset our indirect carbon footprint. Um, so hopefully in the long term, we will, we will be able to offset that impact. Uh, and uh, very interesting. And could you go a little bit into what those projects might be? So the first step is obviously we, we are finalizing for this year um, because it's the end of our financial year. So every year we calculate our direct carbon footprint. And then at the moment, we are trying to establish which mechanism we would use to offset that, um, which carbon project we would select to offset that footprint. Going back to the sustainable elements at uh, Grumeti Serengeti River Lodge itself, Jack, I wanted to ask you, were there any specific elements that you used um, in the rebuild which would help reduce the lodge's impact on the environment? Um, yeah, I think... Well, I think almost every material we used in in comparison to the the former lodge uh, certainly was selected with an intention to reduce the the lodge's carbon footprint. Maybe one of the the more contentious ones that uh, I wanted to talk about is the the fact that the lodge is built out of light gauge steel, um, or what's sometimes called cold formed steel, which can be argued is is not a, a natural material. But I think our our reasoning and our, our rationale in in selecting that building method and that construction material is that firstly it, it uses a fraction of the energy required to form traditional hot rolled steel sections, and that secondly it, it's designed to last a lot lot longer than a than a timber structure, which is predominantly what the old lodge was was built from. Um, that was a kind of combination of of heavy concrete footprints and um, and a, a timber framework which supported a canvas tent and you know we we ha we do and have worked with with timber in the past but it generally requires us treating the timber with with poisons or putting poison rods into the ground to to make sure that um, the timber isn't eaten by termites and in that way what what might seem like a you know not a natural material the with the light gauge steel actually when you look at the broader kind of context of that that carbon footprint and the longevity of the steel frames and the fact that steel ultimately can be recycled means that 
you know, it, it is a, a sustainable material and it is a sustainable approach to the to the whole design. And I think as as John has also alluded to, we don't make these kinds of design decisions in isolation. What we're trying to do is is offset the total carbon footprint of an entire project. And so you're always looking at one decision in the context of you know of all the others yeah i mean one of my favorite uh, materials and one of the most beautiful is the the banana fiber ceilings at at grimetti and that was a cue we took from the old lodge um it's a really you know beautiful natural material to work with and and again it creates that contrast to something like a fabricated steel that it's it's locally sourced it's renewable it creates jobs for local artisans and the guys who who install it and you know put put those beautiful ceilings together uh, it really is like a a kind of art you know it, it's it's really uh, a local technique that's i think been perfected by uh, those local artisans over quite a few years um it's not totally unique to Grumetti. As I said, it was in the those the banana fiber was used in the in the previous lodge. If guests visit Ngoro Crater on the same, you know, on the same circuit, they'll see similar ceilings there. But it really is a bit of a signature for the Tanzanian circuit and really something quite beautiful. And out of interest, how what is the longevity of that banana fiber? Is it also treated with something to to make it last longer? Um what we try to do is ensure that it's that it's applied um, to a sealed backing. So, and, and this is getting quite technical and a bit, um, <laughs> but specific. But um, yeah, we we close off um, the roofs completely to ensure that bugs and bats um, can't live inside any of the cavities, and that ensures that the banana fiber lasts much longer. Um, it's when it's exposed to to rain and when it's exposed to to insects and and animals, that's when it it starts to fall apart quite quickly. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a natural material, so it does weather and it does need to be um, replaced. But we try and give it the right structural backing um, to make sure that we that it lasts as as long as possible. And Jono, my next question is is to you. We've spoken at length already about the different. Uh, ways that you have have improved sustainability at Grumetti. But I wanted to ask, are there any other examples of local procurement and um, local business employment that you can speak to? And also, is there anything uh, unique being done to ensure a more sustainable waste disposal at Grumetti? Yes. So just to start with waste. So um, at the moment, all Grumetti waste all Grumetti dry waste, so all plastic, tin, glass, etc., goes to a recycling centre and is all recycled. And then, just from a, from other sustainability impact perspective, so we are working at the moment. We're working on a project where we are assessing our local procurement for each lodge and um, looking at how we maximise our procurement, our local procurement uh, specifically, with um, Grumetti being the the, the focus point of that. And then just to get back to just what Jack um, alluded to earlier, um, also just to, um, when we were talking about uh, concrete and steel, yeah, the, the choice of steel was a good one because the, the steel is considerably more, more environmentally friendly and has a much lower carbon, in, uh, inherent carbon footprint than, than concrete does. Um, and we reduced the amount of concrete 
at the lodge. I forget the amount, Jack, but it was it was significant. It was really significant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we really there's only a little bit of concrete in in some of the footings and foundations, and um, yeah, it, it's important to remember that Grumetti does sit right on the banks of the river, and there are drainage lines into the river, so we didn't want the buildings to wash away, and there were kind of structural challenges in that regard. But we've uh, certainly compared to the old footprints, there's a, I mean, I would I would estimate like a 90, 95% reduction in the amount of concrete that we used. Wow, that's that's impressive. Um, and it, to me, it's so interesting, you know, you speak about the old Grumetti, which had concrete as well as then supported tents versus a lodge that has been, uh, that has now been rebuilt. And so often people would probably think that tents with a concrete base are far less impactful on the environment, but it's actually not the case. It, it's easy to, to look at a tent on the surface of it and say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a very light footprint. That's, um, that's clearly sustainable. Like I said earlier, the, a big part of sustainability is longevity um, and not having to redo it again and again and again. It's not only the, the footprint on the ground that, that the guest sees when they arrive at the lodge, but the footprint that that lodge has in its, in its manufacture, you know, from start to finish um, on and off site. So, yeah, what can be what can be seemingly sustainable or renewable on the on the surface isn't always the case, and I think that's the that's the key thing with Cremetti that all the decisions about the the design and fabrication of that lodge have been made within a greater contextual desire to be off grid, to be sustainable, and wherever we can to offset the the carbon footprint um, of the lodge entirely. And Jono, my next question is is to you again. You mentioned that Grumetti has some really impressive plans for water recycling as well. Can you go a little bit uh, more into that? So in the back of house area, the bulk of the grey water, so, and that's mostly the laundry, uh, is goes through a system that treats it to a level where we can use it to wash cars. And there's actually quite a lot of water is used just in washing cars and washing equipment. And then... So that's in place, and then um, soon we'll be installing a system in each in each guest room um, called a hydro loop, which is similar to what we used at Sausage Flay, and that recycles the grey water from the room um, to actually quite a, a very clean level, and that will be used um, to top up the pools and to wash decks, etc. Uh, you know, just to wash the outside of the lodge. Of the, of the rooms and that and it's actually um, I know it doesn't sound like much but when you do the numbers um, it's actually quite a significant amount of water that we we save of course I'm sure I'm sure that the once you actually look at the details and the numbers it it, it is a real payoff and mm-hmm. sort of continuing on from that Jono have there been any learnings from the rebuild at Grumetti that you will take forward into future uh, and beyond lodge rebuilds and sustainability evaluations? Yeah. Um, watch out for the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's we, had, we had some, there were some serious challenges with flooding rivers and storms, etc. But no, no, not really. I mean, we've done this a few times now. Uh, no, no real new learnings. We'll see how the system runs and we'll tweak it. And if there are any issues, we'll learn from that. But touch wood for now, it seems to be fine. 
And you mentioned uh, storms and, and flowing rivers. Are, are there, besides those, those challenges, are there any other challenges to, to building lodges in very remote places? Yeah, I spoke about, also just getting the equipment there safely because some of it is quite sensitive and very expensive. But yeah, those are about the only, it's logistical issues. Um, obviously, some of the equipment, you know, you procure in Nairobi, so it's import out of, import into Tanzania, export out of Nairobi, those kind of issues, but nothing, nothing insurmountable, no. And my, my last question is, is uh, to both of you, but Jono, I will, I'll ask you first. Is there anything in particular that you're proud of having introduced or resolve, resolved during the, the rebuild of Grumetti? No, I think, I think the one thing to be proud of is that we really reduced the, the, the energy load significantly. I mean, um, the system we installed, um, the solar system is an 83 kilowatt system, which is small. And that produces 80, 80 plus percent of the energy. To give you an example, at one of our islands that we're busy working on now, which is a similar sized lodge, actually got two rooms more, but that's the next lodge where we're going to be rebuilding and, and, and initiating the sustainability projects. Its current load is 230 kilowatts. So, I mean, it's nearly, nearly three times bigger than what we've achieved um, to do at Grumetti. Wow. So it's, I mean, I guess that's, it's, it's, it's a huge drop in consumption. Yeah, that's incredibly impressive. I think it's lovely to hear the, yeah, the energy savings and water savings that are projected to come out of Grumetti. Jack, same question to you. Is there anything from a, a design perspective that you're particularly proud of? Um, yes, I think, well, <laughs> I'm proud of what Jono just said. <laughs> I think... Um, I think uh, before he before he gave that answer, what I was going to say was that I was uh, I'm particularly sort of proud um, that we could create a lodge that had so much more uh, to offer from a guest experience perspective. You know, the spaces are much bigger; they're far more luxurious. Um, they're open. They're light. They're, you, you know, the natural light in the rooms now is exquisite. We've added baths, which we never had before. We've added swimming pools, which we, we never had before. Um, and we managed to do that all on the same footprint, more or less, but very closely sticking to the, to the old uh, footprint, just by being far more rigorous and efficient in the way that we approach the design. And I think, yeah, it's, it's testament to the to all the people that worked on it and, um, you know, all the creative energy from a variety of different fronts uh, that we got to this point that, that Jonas says, you know, we, we really, we've offer, we're offering now a, a beautiful, luxurious guest experience with a fraction of the, the energy requirement um, that you would traditionally have at a, at a lodge of this caliber. Wow, thank you. It's really fantastic to hear. And I think all the elements that you've both spoken into are really important things and things to be proud of when it comes to the refurbishments or rebuilding of, um, of luxury lodges. So thank you so much to, to you, Jack, and to you, Jono, for, for joining me on the podcast this afternoon. That was yeah, some really interesting stuff that you both spoke about. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Great. Thanks for having us. And um, yeah, thanks to and beyond for <laughs> involving us in the project. It's been, it's been a fantastic experience. Thank you for listening to Leave Our World a Better Place. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you'd like to find out more about and beyond, please log on to our website at 
and beyond.com.